Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I'd like for you to turn with me in your Bible to Daniel chapter 7 as we continue on our series. We're down to about two more messages in the book of Daniel. And uh, I want you to know that today's message is a very complicated message for me to deliver. I'm going to need you to pay lots of attention. And what I've done is um, I've, I've got a number of charts that I want to put up today um, to help us to walk through this. As I mentioned earlier in this season, I want to encourage you to read the book of Daniel and this is one of those chapters that is vitally important for all of us to really take the time to read and to learn and to understand. Um, as we get ready to start on this chapter, I want to just say a couple things. Number one, up until now, Daniel had been interpreting the dreams of other people, kings and visions that they had been receiving during his time, and now God, for the rest of this book, God begins to give Daniel personal visions of very important prophetic uh, things, things that are about to take place. Um, now, Daniel is being spoken to directly by God. Now, here's what's interesting about this. When you look at the first six chapters of Daniel, they focus on Daniel's impact in an immediate way on the people around him. The next chapters from 7 to the end of the book, they really are focusing now on Daniel's impact on the kingdom at large, this lasting legacy that God wanted to give him. And it just goes back to the moment of this offering. You see, every single day, how many know we're supposed to make a difference in someone's life? And yet, there's something collective about the life that you and I choose to live that will leave a lasting legacy that when Jesus comes back, uh, when he returns, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And now this is a powerful, and you don't really know the impact of those things. You don't know that the person that you lead to Christ will go on to lead thousands upon thousands. No one knows how God really wants to use them. He is the sovereign king, and he uses us as he wills. And so all we can do is live our best life for his glory. Amen? And so that's what you see here. And today the title of my message is Consecration Awaits God's Prophetic Plan. Consecration Awaits God's Prophetic Plan. Now leave that up for a moment. I want to say this. Whenever you look at the word waiting in terms of uh, the Bible and the New Testament and the people of God, our waiting is not passive, it's always active. Our waiting is with expectation. Our waiting is, is with action. It's by exercising faith and doing things. The Bible says night comes when no man can work, but until he comes back, how many know we must work until Jesus comes? So consecration, when you're close to God, you're awaiting for the plan of God 
to be totally fulfilled. And what you're going to see here in this chapter is the plan of God laid out in such a powerful and supernatural way that this is the reason, specifically this chapter is the reason why Daniel is uh, perhaps the most attacked book in all of Scripture. Okay? They hate this book because there are prophecies in this book that were so clear, so specific, so powerful, only a sovereign God could have shared it with him. And then it says a lot of things about the future. So uh, um, what we're going to be covering today, I'm going to tell you up front, is we're going to first of all, this is, this is 28 verses or so, and first of all, what I'm going to do is kind of lay out the big picture, okay? Then we're going to talk about the big personality, which is the Antichrist, and then we're going to talk about the big ending. I'm doing a lot of work today because this is not easy to understand, but we can't understand it. We just got to pay attention. So we're going to look at the big picture, the big personality. Okay, how many know we're living in the, today, this is the cult of personality. Okay, and then the big ending. And then lastly, before we, um, before we pray, um, I want to just give a disclaimer uh, uh, um, I am not a prophecy specialist. I consulted lots of people, people like Warren Wiersbe and Wolverd and David Jeremiah, a buddy of mine, John Lendl, so A.W. Pink. A lot of what I said I got from other places, and I don't want to claim for a second that I came up with this, okay? This is, I had to consult a lot of people uh, um, because of uh, how important all of this is. So, we're going to, um, I'm going to tell you what we're going to read first, and then after I tell you what we're going to read, then we'll pray and read. Two quick things. Number one, when it comes to the big picture, okay, the big picture that will, will be about the first uh, uh, 18 verses, this is what we're going to see in a moment. When Daniel prophesied, he prophesied first that there would be four empires, and then Christ would come. He also prophesied that the church age would begin at that time. Then the Antichrist would be revealed. Then uh, he also uh, prophesied that the Antichrist will usher in the tribulation, the great tribulation. And then lastly, Christ will conquer him and rule forever. How many would say amen? amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So here is what we're going to be looking at essentially in these first 18 verses, although we're going to skip a few about the Antichrist and then go back to them. Now, let me also just say this. This is essentially what this is saying is that the kingdom of Christ, all of us need to know this, the kingdom of Christ will rule when the kingdoms of man come to an end. Why are things so crazy right now? Here's why. It's because the kingdoms that we're living in, even though God is sovereign, these are the kingdoms of man. But the kingdom of Christ will rule when the kingdoms of man come to an end. So I just want to pray and then we're going to get into this. Father, thank you for this day, this beautiful sense of your presence that we feel here today. 
God, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And Lord, I just ask that you would bless this word, God, and that you would bless the next few moments. I pray that this would be, oh God, a powerful spiritual education. God, that we would not take lightly, but on the contrary, that we, that we would take so seriously, Father, that there would be, oh Lord, a change that takes place on how we live. God, impact us today with your truth and with your word. And God, help me, help my feeble lips and my feeble mind to articulate, Lord, the beauty and the power and the grandeur of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are the sovereign king. Be sovereign today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. 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 So we're going to go ahead and, and begin to read Daniel chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. It says, in the first year of Bel, uh, Belshazzar, king of Babylon. Now, I want to just pause right here. This vision now is going back. This is Daniel chapter 4. So remember, this is these from 7 on, okay, these are things that took place during, during the successive kingdoms that we've just been reading about. It's very important for us to understand that. Okay, so it says, in the first year of, of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Now let me say this about the great sea. In the scriptures, in prophetic writings, the great sea talks about the nations and masses of humanity. This is talking about the world. It says four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. Out of the masses of humanity. The first was like a lion and it had the wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off and it was lifted from the ground so that it, so that it stood on two feet like a human being and the mind of a human was given to it. I want to say in advance, we're going to get into this, but this is talking about the kingdom of Babylon. It talks, it's alluding to Nebuchadnezzar, the king, the great king of the first kingdom of the succession of kingdoms that Daniel preached about that actually became like an animal for a while and then he stood up and became a man again. It says, and there before me was a second beast which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that, I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the ten horns, there before me came another horn, a little one, which came up from among them. 
And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. I want to tell you, we'll get into this. This is the big personality. That little horn is the Antichrist. We'll, uh, we'll explain this in a moment, but I'm trying to just walk you through this. Let's keep going. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Notice, after the Antichrist, now the throne of the King of Kings is being set up. It says, as I looked, the thrones were set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. And listen to this. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Pause right here. What this is saying is that after the Antichrist is manifest and plays his role, the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings, will take his place and he will be surrounded by millions of angels, the armies of the captain of the, of the Lord, the captain of the, the, Lord, the Lord of hosts, the armies of God will gather together and he will rule and reign forever. Now the reason why this is important is because as we talk about some of these ugly things, we await the prophetic fulfillment of the plan of God. We await his coming. Hallelujah. How many know our God wins? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little more. It says, I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit. Jumping to verse 15, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the meaning of all of this. He told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom... And possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's praise God in advance. Hallelujah. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, what I'm going to do is pause here and not read the rest of the chapter because I want to talk about the big picture here. Now, Daniel, in the, book, in, in the book of Daniel, Daniel prophesies in a number of different ways, or there are revelations that come in a number of different ways that talk about the, su- the successive empires all the way to the end of time. In Daniel chapter 2, God gave Nebuchadnezzar a vision, and now in Daniel chapter 7, God is giving Daniel a vision. It's the same succession of empires and kingdoms, but this one is more from God's perspective. What I've done is just created a chart, and we'll talk through this. Could you put the, the, the chart up, and uh, um, uh, we're just going to walk through this. I want you to look at the bottom. 
Remember in, in chapter 2, it was a head of gold. It was chest of arms and silver. It was belly of thighs and bronze and legs of iron. The head of gold was Babylon. The arms and silver was, were the Medo-Persian empires. The belly and thighs of bronze is the Grecian empire. And the legs of iron was the Roman empire. He predicted this in, in, in chapter 2. God gave Nebuchadnezzar this vision. Now, in chapter 7, it's a different image. It's an image of beasts. I want to emphasize that he says like a lion. He says like a bear, like a leopard. These were beasts, brothers and sisters. They were monster-like creatures, not exactly animals. And it's interesting because when you look at chapter 2, what you see is an unfolding of the kingdoms from the perspective of man. Now you're looking at the unfolding of these empires from the perspective of God. And God sees these successive empires as monstrosities, as beasts, as monsters. And, and, and what I want to highlight to you very importantly is that this vision that Daniel has is in the year 553 B.C. Okay? Now, when we read the Bible, look at me for a second. Sometimes we tend to think about the Bible as a book of collective stories that are great stories and inspiring stories, but they're not true. But this is true. This actually happened. Could you imagine if someone got up today and said, listen, for the next 500 years, here are going to be the key leaders and the key empires. Could you imagine someone standing here and with, with incredible specificity articulating what was going to happen? This was God. The Spirit of God was breathing on a man. His name was Daniel. And he was prophesying about the future. He was prophesying 500 years before Christ came. He said everything that would happen, brothers and sisters. He said everything that would happen. So let's go on and say what he says. First of all, he talks about a lion. And he says that the lion had wings of an eagle. And you know that it talks about how the lion stands up, uh, uh, falls down, becomes an animal, becomes a man, then stands up and becomes a man, should I said, was given the mind of a human being. This in, in, in congruence with uh, the head of gold, this was the Babylonian empire. Talks about the lion. The lion was, the, was the, the great beast. The lion is, the, is, the, best, is the, the king of the jungle, and it corresponds with the head of gold. Then he goes on to talk about the Medo-Persian Empire. Okay, and there it was chests of arms and silver. It was a mixture of two kings. But in Daniel chapter 7, he, he says it's a bear with three ribs in his mouth. He talks about the fact that it's a bear with three ribs in his mouth. And he's, he's, he's speaking to the, to the fact that after the Babylonian Empire, there would, become a, there would come an empire that was a mixture of two empires. And the way he describes it is a bear on his side with one side a, a kind of up and the other side down. And he's literally talking about the Medo-Persian Empire. Now just so that you could understand how true this is, I have a picture, the cover of National Geographic for this month for history. Could you throw that up real quickly? Look at this. It says Purge, Persia, the original superpower. Now this is talking specifically, if you go and read this article, this is this month. 
If you go and read this article, it gives you the successions of kingdoms just like the book of Daniel does. And it talks about the fact that during the time of the Medo-Persian Empire, the Persian Empire became greater than the, than the Medo Empire. The Persian Empire became greater. The three ribs talk about the three, uh, the three uh, uh, nations that it took charge of Libya and, and, and two others. And then in this particular article, just so that you could see how powerful, if you're a skeptic here, listen, if you're someone who battles with whether the Bible is real, I challenge you to go and study this. Okay, look at what they put further on when you talk about this article. This is absolutely incredible that they would take the time to put this in. It talks about, look, at a tolerant king would come up. Cyrus was the king of that time, uh, King Cyrus, over, over the empire. And it says, Cyrus's spectacular conquests forced him to create an administration fit for an empire inspired by the sophisticated model of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. When you look down, it says this, in the yellow, displaced people were allowed to return to their homes, most famously in the case of the Jews exiled in Babylon, to whom Cyrus gave his blessing to return to Jerusalem. Local governors could conserve their autonomy, provided that they paid respect and tribute to the great king. So listen to me. In that time, Jeremiah, the prophet of God, was raised up and said, 70 years you're going to Babylon. 70 years, at the end of 70 years, because I am the sovereign king, even though you're slaves, it doesn't matter who is the king. How many know when God says enough is enough, enough is enough, at the end of 70 years, you're going to go. At the end of 70 years, it, 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 play, it came to pass. Put that back up, I'm sorry. At the end of 70 years, the same way he prophesied through Isaiah, Isaiah said, I will use Cyrus. We're talking about so many years before this happened. I will use Cyrus and he is my servant. And he will release my people. And history proves that they were released by Cyrus. So here you have Daniel, you have Jeremiah, you have Isaiah prophesying. When the word of the Lord comes prophetically, brothers and sisters, we must receive because God is sovereign. He's in charge of all things and what he says will come to pass. This is right now. Okay, I've got the magazine in my, in my office at the house. Sometimes people try to belittle the word of God, but you know what? You can belittle the word of God, but in the end, only you end up little. Because how many know he is the sovereign king and the Lord of lords, and he controls all the empires? Now, let's keep going back to this chart. Very quickly, the next empire was the Grecian Empire. Now, the Grecian Empire, uh, which was belly of thighs and bronze in chapter 2, in chapter 7 is described as a leopard with four wings. Okay? Now, when you think about a leopard, how many know the leopard is fast? But could you imagine a leopard with wings? That's double fast. 
This talks about the fact that the Grecian Empire would move quickly. Well, nothing in history uh, uh, grew in the speed that the, 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 the empire of Alexander the Great, the Grecian king, the speed, the way he took kingdoms was extraordinary. This young military genius uh, at, at, at his leading, it was incredible. The Grecian Empire swept over everything. And then it was suddenly cut off. But now here's the interesting thing. We didn't have room on the chart, but go read it. It says that this beast, this beast with, with four wings uh, also then had four heads. Okay? They, these were monsters. It had four heads. Now this is the one that really gets me. Because, because when Alexander the Great was suddenly cut off in his youth, the Grecian kingdom went to guess how many kings? Four kings. Okay, now look. Here's what you need to understand. When Daniel prophesied, okay, it was 308 years before the Grecian Empire came along. And he said there would be a kingdom that would go so quickly, and then it would suddenly be cut off, and then after that, four kings. I have the names of the four kings for anyone who wants to go to the library, there were four, lead, four generals. I'm sorry, not four kings, four generals. The four generals were uh, Ptolemy, um, uh, Seleucus, Antigonus, and Cassander. Go look it up. He said hundreds of years before, this is what's going to happen. You know why? Because God is in charge of all the empires. And then after, after, after this, it says that from those four men, we know that then there was the emergence of the Roman Empire. Now, there was nothing like the Roman Empire in history. It was cruel and ruthless. He calls it a terrifying beast. Okay, the Roman Empire was a terrifying beast. It had legs of iron. And we know that the Roman Empire conquered and devoured everything. Now, if we go back to chapter 2, we know that the Bible says that when that terrifying uh, monster of an empire comes, it was in the midst of that that just a little rock would come, and it would strike the feet of that statue of all the images of this world. All the kingdoms of this world will bow down that little rock. This simple, humble man, his name was Jesus. He came to the earth, and he gave his life, and he crushed all of the kingdoms of this world. And it is through the coming of Christ that our souls are saved. There's no other way to be saved except through Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the only Savior. He is our great Redeemer. Hallelujah. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed be the mighty name of Jesus. And so what we see here is that he is, he is prophesying uh, 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 he is prophesying what is about to take place. Now, I'm stopping here because we're going to talk about the big personality and the big ending in a moment. But I want to, to stop here, and I want to make a very important point. And uh, um, uh, this is, you know, how, how, do you, how do you transfer intensity how do you transfer urgency? You know, we're not in this to be famous. You know, if I wanted to be famous, I would have pursued professional sports. We're not in this to get rich. 
we have an obligation before the Most High God to tell you the truth and to pray for you and to encourage you and to fight for you. Okay, just because the world is going crazy, we have a master and a captain that we can follow. He is sure and true. How many would say amen? So here's a simple application. Okay, here's a simple application. You ready? God is sovereign. So be part of the beautiful plan, not outside of it. What do I say to all of this that is so big? Who's got time to digest all of this? I can only say one simple thing. God is in charge of everything. No matter what you see, no matter what you wake up to, tomorrow if God gives you life, just know no matter what's going on, no matter who's the president or who isn't the president, no matter who's in charge in Russia or China or North Korea, our God is a sovereign God. And we've been chosen by him. And I want to encourage you, live your life inside of the beautiful plan of God. Don't live outside of it. You're going to miss the most incredible thing. Don't live outside the most beautiful plan. Even though there's some hard days ahead, his plan is beautiful. And how many know that his reign will be forever and ever? We're going to go to heaven. There will be no more tears and no more sorrows and no more pain. No cancer, no wheelchairs, no AIDS, no murders, no shootings, none of those things. There will be no security guards. Hallelujah. The gates will remain open because the glory of God will rule and reign on that day. Get inside the beautiful plan of God. That's all I can say. Seek God and get inside of his beautiful plan. He has a plan for all of our lives. How many would say amen? So that is essentially the big picture. Now let's go quickly to the big personality. The big personality. In Daniel chapter 7, now we're going to begin to read verses 11 through 28 all the way to the end. Could we switch? Okay, so look, it says, Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words, the horn was speaking. This is, this is the Antichrist. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision, I looked at night. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Listen, I, Daniel, was troubled in my spirit. And the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him, the meaning of all of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. Now watch. It says, but the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Then, here's the key. Then I wanted to know the meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying with its iron teeth and bronze claws. The beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. 
I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before, before which three of them fell, that horn that looked more imposing than the others that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Now I want to pause here for a second. Hold, hold with the music just for a second. Uh, we'll play that momentarily. But I want you to know that what the Bible prophesies about uh, the coming of the Antichrist is that there will be ultimately a revival of the Roman Empire. We don't know exactly what it means, but there's going to be a revival. Something is going to happen in Europe. There's going to be this ten-nation type of confederacy, this ten-zone type of confederacy, and from that confederacy will rise up a personality. And he will lead from that place. This is what the Bible is talking about. This is why in the, quote, church's prophetic circles, when the European Union was formed, people were going crazy. Okay? And I want to pause and say, listen, don't go prophecy crazy. Don't try to figure it all out because no one knows the day or the hour. These are mysterious things. God tells us what we need to know, but to spend all of your energy trying to figure out whether it's this person or that person. You know what? In the, in the 40s, they thought it was Hitler, and every generation has some kind of wicked, evil person that will fit the bill. The key for us is to keep our eyes on Jesus and to know that it's coming. So this will happen, and here he's prophesying about it. And he says, as I watch this, as I watch this horn, okay, we're going to break this down in a moment, but this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. Until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment. So he began to defeat the, the holy people because that is the season of the Great Tribulation. Okay, it says, until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. This is what I just mentioned to you. And then... Another king will arise, different from the earlier ones, and he will subdue three kings, something to watch. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. Now I want to stop here. Don't you realize that the spirit of Antichrist is already on the loose you see, and they're already trying to say, change the set times before even our calendar revolved around before Christ and after his death in the year of our Lord. But now all of that is being eliminated. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Laws that go against the Bible and against the image of God is the spirit of Antichrist. We have to have our ears open. We have to recognize as the people of God what is taking place. And we cannot be duped by the lies of this world and that by the spirit of Antichrist, which is deceiving even Christians. When these things are taking place in our culture, we have to have the discernment to understand what is Antichrist and what is pro or for Christ. How many know we are for Christ? Yeah. Hallelujah. It says the holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time. 
times and half a time. This is the great tribulation. But the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. How many know every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all? And then look at how this passage closed. I love this. It says this. Let's read this sentence very quickly. Ready? This is the end of the matter. This is the end of the matter. That's all I wanted you to say. <laughs> this is the end of the matter. Okay? Listen, brothers and sisters. What's going to happen is final. It's already been laid out. Okay, now notice the human response. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts. My face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. But we know it's already laid out. Now what I want to do very quickly in the next few moments is lay out about seven characteristics of the Antichrist. Okay, we could preach, we could, we could spend another three or four weeks in the book of Daniel. I don't feel led to do that. Okay, we're going to... We're probably going to have one more message. I want you to read and to study. These charts are going to be on our website. So I just want to make sure that you have the big picture and that you understand. So could you put that up? Here are seven things that, do, that will be traits of the Antichrist. Okay. First of all, he will be an intellectual genius. Okay, the, uh, uh, the Bible says that that horn that had eyes, that speaks of his, of his cleverness and his wisdom. He's going to, Daniel 8 says that he will be a master of, in, uh, of intrigue. The Antichrist will captivate the educated world. He will also be a master of all the secrets of the occult. You see, but he's going to be an intellectual genius. People are going to marvel at his intelligence. And when it talks about those eyes, it's literally talking about, uh, about how wise and how he's going to be able to see things that other people can't see. Secondarily, he will be an oratorical genius. Okay? He says he had a mouth that spoke great things and that seemed greater than its companions. So the Antichrist will have a perfect command and flow of language, gaining attention and commanding respect. Brothers and sisters, you must be careful how you listen to people. You have to be careful not to be impressed when people boast and, and talk and they're, they're just, they're geniuses. Do you realize that people ascend to power now? They have no history. They have no credibility. But if they are an oratorical genius, this world just follows. We're just like foolish following. But as the people of God, do not follow just because someone sounds good. You see? He will be a political genius. It says he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. You, you see, we have to be careful, brothers and sisters. Do you realize, I marvel. I've been a, since I was a kid, I would watch, okay? I would watch how politicians would, po would promise all this stuff that never happens. And every year the people are like, yay, and all this kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? 
But we do it year after year after year after year. And we get all up in the lather about politicians, okay? They will, will promise things and they will flatter, but it means nothing. Okay? Don't listen to the flatteries of men. Beware, brothers and sisters. Beware. We're American. We have a privilege to vote. You want to vote? Praise God, vote. It's a great privilege to be able to vote for our leaders. But don't put your trust in the princes of this world. Don't get wrapped up with political parties and all this stuff. There's a sovereign king over every empire. He will be a commercial genius. It says in Daniel 11, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things. Many believe that there's going to be a universal currency which will be the, the way that the mark of the beast will be ushered in. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but, but, but the, when the mark of the beast comes, if you don't take the mark of the beast, then you, you will be targeted. The, there's going to be a, 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 a universal economic control that's going to take place. Hallelujah. But how many know, this is why I'm telling you, give your money to God. Because how many know God is able to provide? Hallelujah. He can rain down manna from heaven. He can send ravens. All throughout the Bible, he provided. Where he made a way. We, he can make water flow out of a rock. Hallelujah. Close to this thing, I'm going to get a couple big rocks in my yard and say, Lord, get them ready. Bring it, Lord. A few more things. We're going to close. He will be a military genius. He will cause astounding devastation. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. Okay, and this is going to happen uh, uh, when he takes his power. The Antichrist is going to subdue three, three kings and then truly take his power. And I want you to know, if I could just say this in very general terms, when the great tribulation comes, we believe that we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. We believe that as we, the consecrated people of God, keep our eyes looking to Jesus, we believe that before the Antichrist manifests himself in the fullness of his reign on the earth, Christ is going to come down and he's going to rapture his church. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. But listen, those who are left behind, those who are left behind because not everyone who says they're Christian, is going to go. Those who are left behind and the Jews are going to undergo something that will make the Holocaust look like a picnic. There will be a great tribulation. A great persecution of the Jews will take place and of the people of God. And this wicked military uh, genius is going to spearhead it through all of this power that he's given. He will be a governmental genius. Singers, if you could come. He will not answer to a higher earthly authority. He will do as he pleases. The world leaders will cede their kingdoms to the Antichrist. Real quickly on this point, you know, there's a picture in the, in the Louvre in France uh, uh, one of the great museums of the world, and there's a picture, a picture of Napoleon. They, they call it the crowning 
of Napoleon. And this particular picture actually has Napoleon crowning his sweetheart, uh, making himself look well, but that's not really the way it took place. Uh, the Pope in the picture is sitting down. The Pope representing the power of the church is sitting down, and Napoleon is doing the crowning. What history, that was really a propaganda piece. What really happened in history is that Napoleon took the crown from the Pope and said, I don't submit to God, I don't submit to anyone, and he crowned himself. One is coming like that who will boast against God. He will speak against the most high God. You'll see in a moment. He'll have no regard. And he's going to say, I'm the king around here. And, and he's going to want people to worship him. That's what's going to happen. He will crown himself. He's not going to answer to anyone. He will be, lastly, a religious genius. And he will show no regard for the gods of his ancestors, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. The Antichrist will claim to be Christ and will demand divine honor. You see, the day is going to come where he's going to say, worship me or die. Worship me. Or be tortured. Worship me or be persecuted. Here's the takeaway before we close this. We don't have a lot of time. Here's the big, look, all of this stuff which is kind of complicated. I want to give you one, another simple takeaway. You ready? Could you put this up? Here's a simple thing here. All right? When it comes to the big personality, remember, don't ever be led by charisma. Resolve to be led by Christ. If you're young here, do you guys realize, especially you young people, this is the cult of celebrity has overtaken our culture. The superstar, the, the, the People magazine and the Instagram followers, people are following personality. As Christians, we don't follow personality. We follow Jesus Christ and him alone. How many would say amen? Put away your People magazine and put away your whatever magazine there is. Put away all of that nonsense. Do you realize one of the top headlines, I read this in the news, one of the top headlines is the divorce between uh, Pitt and the other one. <laughs> Brangelina, but it's, it's two people, right? It's uh, Angelina Jolie, right? Okay. Like really? Is it that, is it that important? Okay, that's what this world is consumed with. That's what this world is consumed with. Listen, I'm telling you, as I, I love you, don't be caught up with that. Don't be caught up with what Kanye West is doing or Beyonce. Yo, I'm really flowing. I'm getting all these names. Beware Beware, beware. Okay, when you open up the newspaper, don't forget Jesus. When you walk out of your house, keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay, when you watch the news, keep your eyes on Jesus. We resolve to follow Christ and Christ alone. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. 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 And then we're going to close with the big ending here.
okay, with the big ending. Now here's what you need to know about the big, big ending. Okay, the kingdom of Christ will come after the final persecution. That's why when the devil mocks the power of God, okay, in this day, don't be moved. Because Jesus is at work. He wills that no man would perish. While the devil is going crazy and using all of these stars and all that, guess what? Right now, people are getting saved. We just sent away uh, 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 Joel and, and Karen, okay? They, did they leave yet? They leave tomorrow. Joel and Karen are leaving tomorrow. You know why? Because while all of this craziness is going on, you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be preaching the gospel. The gospel is going forth. Hallelujah. Let the devil go crazy, but we must work until Jesus comes. Understand the kingdom of Christ will rule and will reign after the final persecution. So don't give the devil a voice in your life today. The world will mock it. The educated will mock it. And Stephen, I heard Stephen R. Hawking says there's other worlds now and all this kind of stuff. The, the scientists will mock it. Let them mock all they want. Okay, those scientists, these people throughout, they rise and they fall and the word of God continues to unfold and his plan continues to be revealed and he keeps saving people and generations continue to be transformed. How many are here and your generation was changed now? They didn't serve God before you, but now they'll serve God after you because you met Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's the last verse. And then we're going we're gonna to close. It says, here's the big ending. But, this, but the court will sit and his power will be taken away and ready completely destroyed forever. That's all you have to know. That's all you and I have to know. The power of the devil will be completely destroyed forever. It says, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. It says his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. And then let's read these words in bold one more time. Ready? This is the end of the matter. Could we put our hands together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. What's the takeaway? Okay. Jesus is coming back. Be ready for his return. Look at me, everyone, please, for a second. You know, stand to your feet. We're going we're gonna to sing for a moment, and then we're going to pray. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. Be ready for his return. Here's how we prayed, okay? Here's how we prayed today.
we prayed that his people here at Chicago Tabernacle, we prayed this for the whole church, but in terms of our God-given stewardships as pastors, we prayed that the people of God would be gripped with the, prof with the prophetic realities of the kingdom of God. That somehow when you walk out of here, you will live your life in such a way that you're walking in step with God's beautiful plan. That you will live your life with eyes that are open and you won't be deceived by the kings of this world. You won't be impressed by the kings of this world. And you won't be moved or shaken or worried about the princes and the kings of this world. Lastly, that every day that we would be ready for his return. The Bible says that we should, we should fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible says that we need to set our minds on Christ who is above. We need to set our minds on the things of above. Do we have to do the things of this earth? After? Absolutely. We talked about that uh, 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 last week or the week before. Let's do, let's do the things of this earth excellently. But with our hearts and our eyes upon him for the day that he comes. Take the hand of the person next to you, and I'm just going to lead us in prayers. We're dismissed. Father, we thank you that you are the sovereign king over every empire of this world. God, we declare today yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, oh God. And God, we pray today for every person here. Lord, help us to get in step with your will. Help us to be part of your great and beautiful plan, my God. God, we don't want to waste time because we don't own time. Only you own time. And no one knows the day of the hour. God, I pray that you help us to live with an urgency, oh God. Lord, I pray for discernment. God, that your people would not be deceived, oh God, by the glitz and glitter of this world, oh God. But that we would live with great discernment. I pray that our children would not be impressed by the stars of this world. And lastly, Lord, I pray that you get us ready for your return. Whatever that means, however that looks, get us ready. Father, may your people be released to do your will and to bring you glory until you come. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time.